0: Good morning. It's a joy to be preaching to you all this morning. Before I do that, I, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say to you all on behalf of my family, thank you for welcoming us into this church family. Thank you for opening your hearts to us as newcomers. We see it as a privilege to be members here. It's a privilege for me to serve you and however I can as a pastor. So thank you guys. It's been, it's been really a lot of fun getting to know you all as well, meeting your families, Hearing how God's at work in your life, hearing your stories, and I'm just real excited about the future and the years ahead, seeing God at work even more, and in many more ways. I'm also excited to uh, let you guys know that long before I ever arrived here at Lakeview, I was already a Saints fan. So... Grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Mom and dad are here this morning. They can testify. I grew up watching Bobby Hebert and the New Orleans Saints. So you will, you will always hear the Stubblefields cheering for the Saints. However, I have to be a little honest with you this morning. Um, you will probably never hear the Stubblefield family cheering for L.S. Who? Judith Ann and I met and fell in love at a little slice of heaven called Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, though we've had a pretty dismal football program for the last decade or two. You will, you, will not, you will not hear us cheering for LSU, we'll be loyal supporters of our alma mater. Hope that's okay with you Tiger fans. We still got the SEC right, we keep it in the SEC. So, and thank you, by the way, for making the SEC look good, LSU. Good job. <laughs> We're not doing so well, but. I Also wanted to share with you this morning just what a joy it's been uh, for us to be here and share our lives with you. Uh, many of you have come to us and just asked us questions and getting to know us, and I'm also aware that many of you we're still very new here and you're unfamiliar with us. So I wanted to take just a second to share a little bit about Judith Ann and I. We we graduated from Ole Miss and after graduation we joined staff with a missions organization called Campus Crusade for Christ. And upon joining staff with that missions organization, uh, we received our first campus assignment, which was the University of Miami. So we packed our bags, left Little Oxford, Mississippi. Drove down to Miami, Florida, and while we were there, we actually got to work on the campuses, uh, five different colleges in Miami, and it was so wonderful. We were able to do some outreaches and evangelism and lead some Bible studies in in different dorms on campus and in fraternity houses and sorority houses, and so we, we just had the privilege of seeing God transform the lives of many college students during our time there. Um, While we were there, also, we fell in love with the local church we were members of. It's called Palm Vista Community Church. It's part of Sovereign Grace Ministries, and those were formative years for us. Uh, God used the leadership in that church, uh, Alpino and Corey Smidgen, to uh, help make me a a better husband and, and father and disciple of Christ, and ultimately, he used the leadership of that church to call me into pastoral ministry. And so, with tears, we, they sent us to the pastor's college, knowing that we would probably be going somewhere else to serve as a pastor. Around that same time, some transitions were taking place here at Lakeview. And so, this church became part of that discussion of where the stubble fields may end up. And so, we began to get to know one another, get to know the leadership here, get to know you as a church, and just pray together and seek the Lord. And over the past year, it just became more and more clear to us that God was calling us to come here to be a Lakeview with you all. I'm so glad He did. There's, there's really, there's really no other place I'd rather be. Uh, We're not going anywhere. We've weathered a hurricane, um, stood in line at the dreaded DMV to get my Louisiana driver's license and license plate. So, so we're good to go, right? We're committed. I also wanted to just share, too, real quick, what a joy it's been to serve with the leadership of this church. and These men are wonderful gifts to this church. It's been wonderful to get to know them. Uh, yeah, we can clap for them. They've been, they've been very kind to me as well, reaching out, and um, with the exception of Keith making fun of me one morning from up here in front of all of you, uh, I haven't been hazed too bad. Right? A guy in the church recently said, hey, I heard Keith was taking some shots at you from the pulpit. Are you going to get him back? I just thought... You know, man, Keith, Keith's much older than me, and, and I know the Bible says something about we need to honor those older than us, right? So, Keith, I thought rather than getting you back this morning, I would instead just honor you, buddy. So, Keith, thanks for, thanks for all you mean to us. We love you. We do, man. We respect you so much, even though. We're not at times sure what to think. And even though you wear ladies hats around the house. And while I'm at it, since Peter too likes to joke on me at times, I thought we could, we could take a second and honor him as well. So Peter, I'm not sure if you can hear me right now. But even though, Most of us were born long after this picture was taken. We love you, and we respect you too, man. We do. So church, we thank, let's thank Keith and Peter. Okay, seriously, seriously. Um, God has been very kind to this church to give us the leadership we have. Um, Keith is... Keith is one of just the, fi- most, the finest and probably skillful preachers you will hear. Uh, Peter is one of the godliest and most knowledgeable pastors you can have. Pete, it's Pete in here. Pete um, Pete always seems to have the expertise and the wisdom and just the energy to make Lakeview sail smoothly. Jeff. Jeff's faith to leave the church he loves and make a huge sacrifice and go plant to advance the gospel on the North Shore is exemplary Amen. and instructive. Know, yeah, it is. <clears throat> Evan May's capacity for scholarship. And ability to teach is outclassed only by his love for God's word and his love for you all. And Eric, man, that guy at times seems to have 10 different jobs going on. And he just does them all so consistently well. And I've personally learned much from him when it comes to loving the Lord. So God's been very kind. And though I I didn't really get to know Matt that well, just in my short time here, it's obvious he had a wonderful impact on this church and was a, a, a great gift to us as well. And so it's really a privilege for me to be picking up where he left off with the pivot ministry, which is what I'm going to be preaching to us about this morning, which is where I want to now turn our attention. ask you to pray with me, please. Father, you have been so good to us, Lord. There are testimonies in this body that testify, Lord, of your goodness. So we thank you for that, God. Father, and I pray this morning, Lord, that you would reveal to us your heart for our young adults in this church. Lord, I pray you would equip us to care for them to serve them, to support them. Lord, I pray through the preaching of your word, you would be glorified. This body would be built up. We would move forward in faith, trusting you for the promises you have for us. We thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the title of this morning's message is The Purpose of Pivot in the life of Lakeview, the purpose of pivot in the life of Lakeview. Paul Paul said of his ministry in 1 Corinthians 9, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Paul has a clear vision for the purpose of his ministry, and I believe we too are to have a clear vision for the purpose of ours. Over the past couple of weeks, you've heard from Jeff and Evan about the purpose of us planting on the North Shore, about the purpose of youth ministry, and This morning, we're going to talk about the purpose of the Pivot Ministry here at Lakeview Christian Center. Which for our guests, Pivot is our young adult college career ministry. Um, I recently was reading in a book and came across kind of a funny story about this new Army recruit to the Army. And uh, one day they were doing um, some target practice at a shooting range. And the Army recruit noticed that day and the following days that while other guys were taking target practice there was another guy in the army kind of standing off to the side, just in attention, by himself, nobody else around him. He's just standing there. And so the new recruit was curious. It's like, why is that guy there every day standing by himself? So he went and asked the officer, you know, what's going on here? And the officer said, you know, I don't know. That's actually just kind of how we've always done it. So the guy wasn't satisfied with that. He went and wanted to research further, and he did, he actually found out that back in the day when everybody in the army rode on horses, that's actually where the horses were, and the guy would stand there and hold the bridle so the horses didn't get spooked when they shot the guns. But obviously, I mean, we're not riding horses anymore in the army. And so there's this guy. He's just standing there. He's continuing to do what they've always done, and he's just a little unsure why. And, church, I, I don't want us this morning to be standing around by ourselves wondering why are we doing pivot? What's going on here? Notes for our young adults, what are they up to? Is this just kind of what we've always done? I want, us to, I want us to be clear on what our purpose is, what we're doing as young adults in this body. Before we, we get into this message, um, I just have five realities that I want to share with you about our Pivot ministry. These are some things about our young adults that I want you to know up front. So maybe you can choose to see this as like a little five-minute commercial brought to you on behalf of Pivot. Right? So here's some realities. Here's some realities about our young adults. First, I want you to know that right now, our young adults are becoming the men and women they will one day be. Right now, in this pivotal season of life, they're making decisions that will have long-term ramifications on the people they will become. So much is at stake right now for our young adults. Think about it. Right now, they're deciding who to be married to for the rest of their lives. What career to pursue in life, who to be lifelong friends with, what they really believe about the Bible, how committed they are to church what really matters in life, what what should we prioritize, and so on. They're deciding on those things now. All of these decisions have huge implications for the kind of people our young adults become. And I believe that our young adults need the church now more than ever. They need all of us to be role models to them in this crucial time of their lives. They need us to fold them into our families and and bring them into our lives. They need us to leave godly legacies for them to remember and follow. Right now counts forever for them. And they need us to be there in this right now season. Second, I want you to know that my expectations for our young adults' participation in this church are high. Many young adults in their 20s are disappearing from churches along with any level of expectation for them to stay involved. Let's not be a church that excuses young people's disappearance from our congregation thinking, oh, you know, they're in school right now. They're very busy. They're working very hard in their first career position or they'll, they'll be back once they get married. Let's expect to see a large number of young, single adults meaningfully involved in this local body. Third, I want you to know that there's a growing trend of extended adolescence amongst our young adults. Settling down, whether that means getting married, having children, or getting into a career, is happening later than ever for our young adults. And since in most cases settling down is is key for the younger generations to return to church... We're seeing less and less of them in church. And I need your help, church, in bucking this trend. The solution is not to push young adults into rash decisions, but rather we as a church must emphasize maturity at a younger age. We must foster an atmosphere of maturity so that our young adults will be ready when the time comes to move out, get a job, propose, or have kids. And the result Of all this will be more young adults in the church because extended adolescence will no longer dominate. Fourth, I want you to know that our young adults are learning from us whether Christianity is authentic or not. In a very real way, they will hear the content of today's message, turn around and look at you all and determine if it's really true. Every generation must own for themselves what is true. And one of the ways they decide on what is true is if the generation before them really believed it. In a world that looks more and more post-Christian, and where there's a growing array of other religions in our country, let's be a church that that is seriously taking the responsibility to transfer the gospel to the next generation. And last, fifth, And I know you guys know these things already, but I want you to know that our young adults are the future of Lakeview Christian Center. In the life of every church, there's a a long line of people called, who's next? And our young adults are nearing the front of that line. Years from now, they will be the ones that give shape to the direction of this church. Their beliefs will one day reflect the beliefs of Lakeview The paths they choose in life will be the paths walked down by future generations of Lakeview. If I could bring it a little closer to home, their influence will extend to your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Let's be a church that passes the baton into a future of well-equipped hands. Let's pray for our young adults like never before. Let's make sure they need everything, they have everything they need as it pertains to godliness. Let's show them that following Jesus Christ is better than anything this life can offer them now and anything death can take from them later. Simply put, guys, I just need the church to be the church to our young adults. And thank you. It's obvious. Thank you for being a church that does this. I'm just simply asking that we keep going. They need us. Okay, commercial's over. Thank you. Okay, so the purpose of Pivot. Why do we do Pivot? What's the purpose? Here's the big picture, right? Here's our mission. Here's what we're going for. The purpose of Pivot is to build a gospel community of young adults that are gripped by God, growing one another, and going into the world. A gospel community of young adults gripped by God, growing one another, and going into the world. That's the big picture. That's the view from 80,000 feet for pivot. So let's fill this in a little bit. Okay? First, we're a gospel community of young adults. What do we mean by that? What do we mean by gospel community? Well, I say gospel community because apart from the gospel Real, authentic community does not exist. Look with me at Ephesians 2, 19 through 20. We'll see a picture of community from Scripture here. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, verses 19 through 22. This is the kind of community we're created to be in. This is the kind of community that is a reality because of the gospel. Verse 19 Of a gospel community. Take the gospel out of there. We're still strangers. We're strangers to God. We're strangers to God's people. We're aliens. Sin has separated what God has joined together. Right? We see this truth in the fall. Okay? What's the first thing Adam and Eve did after they ate from the tree? They hid. They hid from God. They ran away from community with God. They sought to establish community apart from God. And as this this has continued throughout the history of mankind, and sadly, it still continues today. But it's not the community God created us to be in. He created us to be his people, his community, fellow citizens, saints with members of the household of God. And because God is unswervingly committed to this kind of community, he provided a remedy to bring us back in. There is a, a community restoration plan, and it's called the gospel. And it looks like this. God sent his son to die for our sin that separates us from him so that we can be restored back in the community with God. All right, here's this quote by Steve Timmis. On the cross... Jesus was relationally severed from the eternal community of the triune God so that we could be restored to him and have the community we were made to have. This, this is the gospel. And in a world of young adults searching for belonging, searching for real relationships, searching for purpose in life, the gospel is the only answer. Through the gospel, God tells us we now belong to him. We're now reconciled to one another, and we're now called to the purpose of living lives that glorify Jesus. Pivot is is first and foremost the community of young adults shaped by this truth. It's the gospel that brings us together and defines who we are. It's the gospel that informs our love for one another and our love for God. It's the gospel that gives us hope and compels us to live lives that glorify Jesus. Imagine the effect such a community of young adults would have on generations to come through Lakeview and through our college campuses and through our city and our offices and homes. I once read where a pastor said, The world will not recover from the community of God's people living lives that glorify Jesus. So I want our young adults to get this. True community does not exist apart from the gospel. Any community created for young adults that is not a gospel community is a perversion of true community. It's a perversion of the community God created us to be in. Whether it be a sports team you play on, a group of people you go out with, a Facebook group you join, or even a young adult ministry they go to. If it's not defined by the gospel then it's not a community where they will find ultimate belonging, real relationships, or a sense of purpose for their lives. I want our young adults to get this. To get that, the gospel is not just, as Tim Keller says, the ABCs of the Christian life, right? It's the what? The A to Z. It's not just one class, in a building where many other classes on Christianity are taking place. The gospel the building itself. And it matters. It matters to life. It matters to the kind of community we are. It defines the kind of people we are. We're coming together around it. We're centering our lives on Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about as young adults. And I want us to live that way. And believe that. I played... Uh, Soccer for most of my life and for a long time. Um, I thought I would be a a coach one day of soccer, and um, obviously that's not the case anymore. But um, you know, every coach wants a good game plan, and so what we're about to look at is my attempt for pivot to have a game plan where we're holding this out to the Lord and say, Please, please bless this, Lord. This is how we want to run. If you were to open up our playbook, you would see these three plays being run over and over and over and over. And it's gripped by God, growing one another, and going into the world. So we're a gospel community that does these things. So play one, gripped by God. What do we mean when we say that? To be gripped by God, what I mean there is informed by Jesus' command to us in Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. I want us to be a community of young adults that does that. That's gripped by God. To be a community that's deeply affected by who God has revealed himself to be. To be a community that's so aware of who God is that we apply our entire lives to living by his ways. To be gripped by God is having God hold all the affection our hearts can fashion. It's to repeatedly encounter God in such a way that we delight in his commands and we desire his truth. It's to be so enthralled with God that we cling to him as our source for everlasting joy. It's to crave God more than we crave anything else in this life. Ultimately, church, I want our young adults to be gripped by God because it is, the, it is to, to have the unwavering conviction that Jesus is the one essential thing that we have to have. And that having Jesus is having life itself. This is what it means to be gripped by God. And, and we're all gripped by something, aren't we? Right? We all have things that, that hold all our attention, that get us most excited, that have our hearts. We're all wired this way. God created us to be gripped by him. Because of sin, we're gripped by creation many times rather than our creator. John Calvin says the heart is an idol factory. Idol meaning something that takes the place of God in our lives. Our hearts are constantly working to hold out created things as all satisfying, God like must haves. Saying, Take me over God. I'm better. I'm more satisfying. I'll give you more life. Whatever we sacrifice most for, whatever we get most excited about, whatever we hold so valuable that to lose it would be unsustainable, whatever we turn to for comfort for when things are not going well, whatever makes us hold our head up highest, whatever we feel like we need in order to have the good life, we can be sure if it's not God, then our hearts are gripped by something else. An idol has moved in and taken God's place as the object of our worship. There's a scripture in the Bible in Jeremiah where we see God's view of this. He's looking in on this. Let's turn there real quick. It's Jeremiah chapter 2. It's verses 13, verses 12 and 13. This is God's perspective of our hearts when they are gripped by it. Anything other than him. Verse 12. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. Why? My people have committed two great evils. They have forsaken me. When we're gripped by God, we've forsaken God. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God wants us to come to him. He's the fountain of life. He doesn't want us to go... Over to these broken cisterns that hold no water, that offer really no life. There is no life in the cisterns. When we are gripped by anything other than God, when we look for happiness and satisfaction in anything other than Him, we're left empty, tired, and still yearning for something to fill the vacuum in our lives that only God can fill. If you ever feel like that, then we're on common ground. But, here's what I want our young adults to know. There is good news for them. And it is this. God wants us to be gripped by him alone. And so later in chapter 31 of Jeremiah, he makes this beautiful promise where he says, I will refresh the weary and I will satisfy the faint. And where do we see this promise kept? We see it in Jesus. He is the living water who refreshes our souls. He is the fountain we were made to run to. From him will flow rivers of living water. Whoever drinks of Jesus will never go thirsty. He is the one who satisfies all our thirst, all our longings and all our hopes. Jesus cried out on the cross, I thirst, so that we would have free access to the fountain of life forever. I was recently making this case to our young adults, I think you'll all agree with me, that people who are gripped by God are the kinds of people you wanna be lifelong friends with. They're the kinds of people you wanna marry. Because only a person who's gripped by God can love them enough to consistently remind them of this truth, that Jesus is better than money, Jesus is better than human love, he's better than having a family, he's better than earthly pleasure, he's better than earthly power, He's better than popularity. I want them to know that Jesus is better than anything they can have in this life. And there are men and women in Pivot that get this. I see it. There's servants here at Lakeview. You see them serving all over the place. You know why they're serving? Because they love God. They get the gospel, they get that they're forgiven when they should be condemned. So they want to just live their lives for the glory of God. If Pivot is a community gripped by God, then these will be the kind of people our young adults will become. We'll see it as a church. Okay, play two. We're a community gripped by God and we're growing one another. Okay? So, this is discipleship, right? What we mean by growing one another is that by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we help one another become more like Jesus. Specifically, we do this by living lives that are examples of godliness. And we do this by instructing one another from truths from Scripture, right? So think about it. So by example, let's talk about that. We all grow by others' examples, right? I recently uh, joined a gym because I need to. And I noticed uh, upon joining that they offer these things called spin classes. So has anybody ever done a spin class? Yeah i would never done one, I had no idea what to expect, I'm thinking it's a bicycle, um, we're just going to ride a bicycle, it'll be easy. So I sign up for the spin class, I go in there, I sit down, and I notice it's an hour long class, so I, I get on the bike, there's about 30 other people in there with me, and they, they begin, right, we start, we start riding, and we're doing all these different like uphill, downhill things, and it's starting to get to me, after about 20 minutes I was ready to be done. I mean, I was, I was looking around the room wondering, how in the world are these people not as tired as I am? Um, I've never felt so committed to quitting something in my life at that moment. I was, <laughs> I was really ready to walk out. I mean, I think I, I got off one time and, you know, I was checking the seat. I was, like, asking the instructor, these people are still going. Why am I so—is something wrong with my seat? Can you check it out for me? But I was ready to be done. But as I looked around the room— as I looked at other people going and pushing through, I decided I would try it too. I would keep going. I would push through. And so miraculously I did. I made it the full hour. But their example to me in that moment was, was crucial for me to stay on that bike and keep going. Had I been by myself, I'd have been out the door. <laughs> there were ladies right next to me and they were just killing it, by the way. Uh, so that was another incentive for me to stay <laughs> my pride. Uh, but we grow by example, guys. How many of you in here have grown by, one, by another's example to you? We all have. We all have. Right? This is one of the primary ways we want to grow one another and pivot. I think of Paul's example to his disciple Timothy. Right? You can jot down 2 Timothy 3. 10 through 17. There, there's Paul. He's getting ready to go be with the Lord. He's, he's, He's handing the baton off to Timothy. He's got a few things he wants to say to him at the end. And what he says, essentially, is, Timothy, remember my example. Right? We see Paul, he says this. He reminds Timothy of his teaching His conduct, his aim in life, his faith, his patience, his love, his steadfastness. He reminds Timothy of the persecutions he endured. And in the face of all this ungodly opposition, Paul looks at Timothy and he says, Timothy, remember my life. Remember my example. And pivot. I want us to both learn from godly examples and be godly examples to one another. We grow by others' examples. There's there's really no way around it. God uses that. I told Pivot, the guys in Pivot, you know, a question we can always be asking ourselves is is Am I being a godly example for others to follow? Am Am I serving in Pivot, serving in church, serving other families in the church? Am I living a life of repentance and faith? Am I living as if the gospel is really true? Am I living as if I'm really forgiven? Am I giving the best of my time and my talents and my resources to the good of God's glory and to the good of his people? To the advancement of his kingdom? Am I going for it? Am I leaning in and saying, I'm all in? We want to be good examples to one another. And again, I mean, I, our ministry has many wonderful godly examples of young men and women. And I'm so grateful. One example is that they, uh, they, they're going to still probably keep coming to pivot. Though I'm leading it now. They've, they've just been, I see them being so kind to one another, serving one another, laying down their lives for this church. It's really remarkable. And we're growing because of it. We're growing because of it. Also, another way we're going to grow one another is by instructing one another. Right? By bringing the truths of the gospel to bear on the details of life through personal relationships with one another. Okay? In in Romans 15, Paul tells the church in Rome, he is satisfied with them being able to instruct one another. And in Ephesians 4, Paul describes how the saints are to be equipped for ministry and to speak the truth in love to one another. How many of you have grown by somebody speaking the truth in love to you? We all do. God uses people's words to bring the gospel to bear on us, to remind us of who he is, to remind us of what he's done in our life, and to remind us of what he's calling us to. We want to be that for one another. I want to see all of us in Pivot, speaking God's word into each other's lives so that we may grow up in godliness. If Pivot is a community that grows one another by example and instruction, then maturation will abound, discipleship will multiply, as God transforms us all more into the image of Jesus Christ. And the beautiful thing, church, is because we're here in the life of Lakeview, you will see that taking place. You'll see God grow in us and maturing us. So God will be faithful to grow us as we posture ourselves to grow one another. The way I see it, being in pivot and not seeking to grow one another is like being at the gym and not working out and exercising. It just just doesn't make any sense. Okay, and lastly, play number three. So we're a gospel community that's gripped by God, growing one another, and we're going into the world. What do we mean when I say going into the world? Well, first let me clarify what I do not mean. I'm not talking about participating in the worldly lifestyle that we see John describe in 1 John 2, Have the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the, the pride and possessions. I'm not talking about, when I say going into the world, being worldly. Rather, I'm talking about what we see in Matthew 28 when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says, Go into all the world and make disciples. I'm talking about the Great Commission. I'm talking about our young adults meaningfully participating in this Great Commission. I want Pivot to be a community that is intentional about taking the gospel to those who do not know Jesus Christ. Those who are in a community apart from God. Whether that means they seek to be missionaries on their college campuses, or missionaries in their workplaces, or missionaries in their neighborhoods, missionaries in their families, or missionaries in other parts of the world. I want us to go with gospel intentionality into the world. I want us to be in the business of bringing hope of the gospel into the world of the lost people God has placed in our lives. I want us to feel the truth of Spurgeon's words when he says, lost, lost, lost. Better a whole world on fire than a single soul lost. Better every star quenched and skies a wreck than a soul lost. I want us to hear the summons of going into the world over the summons of Of ringing cell phones or updated statuses or email inbox chimes. We're caring whether or not people think we're cool. I want us to look upon every non-believer with the same compassion our Savior looked upon us with. Honestly, I, I want us to have sleepless hours, weeping eyes and heavy hearts because there are others out there who don't know Jesus. As young adults, I think we can all too easily neglect this aspect of community. Eternity is not something necessarily on our radar point in this season of our lives, right? Same thing's true with our youth, as Evan talked about. Our youth deceives us into believing that life here is often what matters most, and because of that, life here is what we focus on most. But As a gospel community, this cannot be the case. We must live every day of our regular, ordinary lives focused on the reality of eternity. On the reality that hell awaits those who do not run to Jesus Christ for rescue. On the reality that salvation is so urgent that God did not spare his own son. If Pivot is a community that goes into the world that lives their lives with gospel intentionality, then I believe God will be faithful to save and our church will see many more young adults walking through that baptismal, professing faith in Jesus Christ and becoming meaningfully involved in this local church. Church, this is is the purpose of Pivot. This is what we're doing as young adults here at Lakeview. I believe God is calling us to build a young adult gospel community that's gripped by God, right? That loves God with everything we have. It's just abandonment that grows one another through our godly examples, right? Living lives of repentance and faith that's instructing one another, bringing the truths of the gospel to bear on everyday life. And a community that's going into the world, going in our campuses, going into our workplaces, and bringing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ and shining it so they can see and come back into a real, authentic community. this This is a big task for us. And I want you to know we need your help with this. We need your support with this. Recently, Judith Ann and I have been teaching our almost now three-year-old daughter uh, Psalm 23 at night before we tuck her in at bed. And uh her name's Marilyn, and Marilyn's got verses one and two down. It's so cool to hear her say it. So I was like, okay, we're gonna go to verse number three now. So uh, just this past week, actually, we were doing this, I read this, I read verse three to her, and then I read one, two, and three. I'm like, okay. Now say it, say what daddy just said. She looked at me. She said the funniest thing. She said, Daddy, I, I can't. I can't do it. It's too big. In <laughs> church, this is, a, this is a task that can oftentimes feel too big for us too as young adults. And just like Marilyn needs her mom and dad to come alongside her and say, we're here to help you, sweetie. You can do it. The pivot ministry needs you all to come alongside us and help us. Say, you can do it. You can love God. You can say no to sin. You can share the gospel. Amen. In closing, I just want to provide the church with several ways you can pray for us as a ministry. First, do pray. You know our mission now. So pray for us along those lines. Pray that we would be a a young adult gospel community gripped by God, growing one another, and going into the world. Also, pray for our meeting tonight at 730. Right? Right? This is the big picture, what you guys heard this morning. Tonight, in our pivot meeting, we're going to be talking about how we're actually going to seek to try to accomplish that. What's a month for pivot look like on a calendar? What are we doing this next year to become these kind of people? So please pray for us. We want to be led by God and guided by God. We're making plans. We want to hear from the Lord. So tonight, we'll be talking about those plans. We'll be praying together. Would you just remember us, please, and pray for us? And lastly, uh, the last way you can pray for us is actually for all the young married couples in our church. Currently, there are around 40 to 50 young married couples here at Lakeview. And right now... We are planning and praying about ways we as a church can serve them in this important season of their marriage. Right? The first five to ten years of marriage can often determine what the next 50 are going to look like. This is an important time. And so we want to be there for them. We want to seek to strengthen their marriages. We want to seek to build them into community with other young marrieds. So please pray for us. You'll hear more about that. January 2013, as set time approaches, we'll be sharing some more. So guys, those are three ways you can pray for us. Thank you for your time and attention this morning. Uh, it's just been a joy to relate to you uh, from here and to share with you what God's doing in Pivot. So Keith, come on up, buddy.
1: It's a unique blessing to watch God orchestrate to care and put together his church, call people, call people to lead and care for those that he's gathered. And, you know, we would not have known these guys. Met Jason and Judith Ann a year and a half ago, I think, uh, approximately. And yet God was at work in causing causing people from Ole Miss to become part of a winning program. I mean, God was at work orchestrating that, you know, and uh, soon, soon they'll lose interest in Ole Miss, and they'll watch LSU. I mean, just, you just want to be a part of something that's going somewhere, hallelujah. I think that's what he just preached, right? All the pivot people heard that? I'm just curious, you know, something that's going somewhere. Okay. Uh, but to have the Lord faithfully do and write scripts and be at work. You know, it's like you and I get to read a book that gets published by God. God has been writing it, presents it to us. And next thing you know, you and I are getting to read the chapter uh, called Jason Stubblefield at Lakeview Christian Center, Evan May at Lakeview Christian Center, Jeff Bearhart at Lakeview Christian Center. So um, it's really a joy just to to be a part of what script God is unfolding and how God has put that script in your heart to help us to get where God's calling us to be. But let me now turn this on, on us to pray this morning together. Uh, these, are, these are the nuts and bolts of, of what makes ministry take place. The gospel community, <clears throat> a people gripped, By God, hearts that are on fire for the purpose of God, growing one another a commitment to not just being a people who gather at the same address, but to seeing Christ formed in one another, doing doing the tough stuff, doing the relational stuff, doing the prayer for one another. Laying down our lives by way of example, considering the shape of our own life in terms of how it will touch someone else's. What will it communicate to somebody else? When I, when I make that comment or spend my time or spend my money a certain way, what, what effect is that going to have on Christ being formed in someone else? That's what it means to be a community together, to live intentionally within the bounds of that community. And then we're just not a community because we're just called to find somewhere to belong. We're a community on a mission. We're a community with a expiration date on it. We will not be a community here forever. We will be a community here for a selected amount of time for the Lord to accomplish his purpose until he takes us to be in a community with him forever in heaven, where the agenda will shift. There's no great commission in heaven. We love that term, the great commission. You understand that's got an expiration date on it? It's over at some point, and there's no more commissioning. There's just the harvest of those who were received in that great commission for eternity in a closed community where no more will be added, standing around the throne, enjoying God forever. So it matters how we live right now. So here's what I here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray for that vague, somewhat vague, pretty well-defined, but vague category called the pivot. The people who are beyond high school, into young adulthood, you know, in that 30-something year range, that are living life in a way that that we want to we want to gather a hold of you bring you into something that God's doing. Some of you are single. Some of you are married. And we're recognizing we we probably needed to be doing some ministry differently to the two of you. In the past, our approach has been to put everybody in the same room together, married or single, and seek to to make that work. And, And that's not been something that's worked real well. So we want to be more effective. Something that says we have to do it that way. So we want to be more effective, and we think we, we will find a more effective way by giving more attention to those who are on their way through single years, college years, not married. Uh, raising a family and relating to a spouse is not a primary agenda issue. We want to reach into your world effectively. And if you're a young married couple here and uh, that's become the agenda of your life, we want to reach more effectively into your world as well you got to be receptive to what God wants. And so here's what I would like for you to do. I'm going to ask all of our pivot guys to stand as we've done the last few weeks and to stand and I want Jason and Judith Ann to stand as we pray in this direction. Because it's important that you hear God writing something in your heart. I've had the joy of kind of debriefing Jason and talking through the burden that he has and How's he feeling led by God? And what does that look like and feel like for us to pursue the leading that you have? But here's the reality. It's got to it's be in the hearts of all of you who are pivot guys. To be a gospel community. To be gripped by God. To be Loving one another in such a way that there's growth. And that's an agenda item. We're just not together because we want to be together. We're together to grow together for the glory of God. And we're on a mission that's being advanced. I hope those things resonate in your heart. But, but maybe you're here this morning and they don't exactly resonate. Or maybe they used to resonate and they've gotten misplaced. Okay, those things happen to us. But, but can this be by God's ordaining a new starting place for you? Can this morning be a place where you you put a stake in the ground and say this morning I really do want God to begin something in my life more deeply. I, I want those things to become real in my heart and in my life. This is the place God's called me. This is a church I'm called to be a part of. I, I want to have God give me a burden, a fresh ver- burden for what he has in store for this. So, Can I get all of our pivot population to stand up where you guys are? 18 to early 30s guys there, you're you're beyond high school, you're in college, you're in the beginnings of your career. Now, let me include, even though we're going to do some ministry differently, make sure if you're a young couple in that category, even though you feel like, well, you know, I'm not a college guy, I'm not a, A single pivot person, uh, young couples that we want to do some things with you, care for you, and and help you be on the mission God has you to be on as well. Um, And everybody's standing, and this is true because everybody's been standing at different points each week. And as Jason trying to help all of us, even if we're seated, we're standing. (laughs) because we're involved with these folks. Everybody, please, please hear me say this. There's not a spectator standing in the room at this moment. There's not a non-essential personnel in the room in this moment. There's not a person standing here who should in any way open the Bible up and have the capacity to think this is really speaking to that guy. This is speaking to you. You are in the crosshairs of what is being said in this book. The vitalness of the body of Christ being built up when each part does its part means, by implication, the body doesn't get built up when each part doesn't do its part. You cannot take a vacation from the call of God on your life. You can take a vacation from work. I get that. Get a break from school. But you don't get to say, you know, hey, I'm kind of for that ministry or I'm not for that ministry. And then, come on, guys, be honest with me because I'm pretty sure if I said, hey, you know, maybe you haven't been part of Pivot. Maybe that's not showing up on your radar. Okay. okay. Are, you, are you a gospel community right now? Would you say, you know, I, I'm doing all this stuff. I don't really need the pivot. I, I'm, Come on. I had to be honest with my life. Would I say, really, gospel community. That's what's defining my life right now. I'm not a part of that, but that's what's defining my life. Gripped by God. Yep, that's been me. Living my life gripped by God. Uh, growing one another. Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm not partnered with the ministry, but man, I am all over people's lives by example and by instruction. I'm doing that, doing that, yeah. And going into the world with the gospel. yeah. Yeah, I can tell you story after story after story. It's great you got this pivot thing, but, man, I'm really flourishing in all these areas apart from that. Be a short line. God didn't intend for you to be able to flourish in those areas apart from gathering and ministry. So if you're here and you've been on vacation, can I ask you, can I really, really ask you to let the vacation come to an end? And to get back to work. Get back to work and being committed to people that God has brought and God wants to bring more. Get back to work and finding out how He has called you and equipped you and placed you strategically here in people's lives to build the kingdom when each part does its part. So, guys, there's there's not another group in the church where the crosswinds blow so hard. You got so much stuff crying out for your attention and your time and your money and your energy, so much stuff. You're very vulnerable to being blown away. But this morning, let's pray. Let's pray together for a new day that God is building something here, something that you're going to look back on And remember, remember those years when we built together. Remember what God did. Remember so and so and so and so. I want you 15, 20 years from now to be able to look back at this unique season of your life and cherish those days that God did something amazing with you. Our church, can we pray that for these guys together? Let's bow our hearts together. Father, I thank you that we could stand Here this morning gathered as the people of God in a church with a variety of ages here this morning from little children and infants toddlers all the way up to senior citizens and Lord we're all together as a family Lord I thank you that these guys standing have not fallen into the ideas of the world that don't seek to gather with such a wide variety of people and ages. Lord, they are here because you have, you have gripped their hearts. God, they are here because you have called them by name to be a, a part of something that matters in all eternity. And God, thank you that they give themselves to this mission here. Lord, thank you that even their presence here in this meeting shout something about the priorities that do exist in their lives. Lord, thank you for the community that does exist at the moment this meeting's over. A bunch of these guys will run toward one another to connect and to get caught up and to make plans together for their lives. So Lord, thank you for work that's been going on that you've been accomplishing to create a gospel community in our midst for this group of young people. And Lord, this morning, we're just praying for you to, to go further, Lord, to deepen, to widen this work, to make it more effective. Lord, Lord there are some who are not here this morning. Lord, there are some that we're missing this morning. God, there are some who have never been here, ever, that need to be a part, Lord, that need to be brought in. Lord, there, there are some whose souls are hungering and thirsting. And they don't know where to find it. Lord, there's, there's people standing right here who can direct them where to find you where to connect with you, where where to experience power and meaning and direction and stuff that really matters for all eternity. God, they're, they're standing in this room. We pray for them this morning. God, we pray for young people on a mission, captured by that mission, captured by the God of that mission, who speaks to them and relates to them and convicts them and compels them into the world to make a difference. Lord, because there is an expiration date. Lord, adolescence can't go on forever because there's important stuff to get to. Lord, we just can't live an extended vacation when there's such eternal work to be done. Lord, there's a God to be known and there are people starving to know that God. Now we pray for effectiveness in days to come. Lord, we pray for a, a rally point. Lord, I pray this morning for fresh sense of burden and birth in hearts. To say, I want to be a part of that. I want to help build that. It's not just Jason's responsibility to build. I, I, I want to help build that. I want to find out how God would use me to build what he described this morning. God, awaken hearts this morning. Awaken lives. Refresh some. Recall some to the place where you've given them a burden to make a difference for your kingdom. And the Lord, we pray this morning. Join our hearts together in praying for Jason and for Judith and. Lord, thank you for the orchestration that's gone on to help this couple find this church in this hour with the background they have, with the things that you've written upon their hearts, with the ministry experience that they bring, with the way in which they're uniquely wired to contribute into the body of Christ. Lord, thank you that you have ordained this couple to be in this place. Ah, Lord... That does something to us to know, Lord, this is not some experimental accident that we're living. There's a God who ordains and sovereignly orchestrates for people and places and times and seasons. Lord, you're the one who sets the boundaries for our lives. And, Lord, you have blessed us with this couple being here, part of this church. Two feet, Lord, anointed by the Spirit to lead us into the future. So, God, we want to receive from them. Lord, we want to pray for your blessing upon their lives. Lord, we pray for grace that is unique for this season as they transition. Lord, this is a new day, a new church for them, a bunch of new faces, a new address, new places to settle. Lord, new challenges for them. God, we pray for grace upon their lives. Lord, let there be favor from heaven that is visited upon them on a daily basis. Lord, let them experience and receive what they need in this hour. Lord, for every aspect of their lives. Lord, for their personal relating to you, for their marriage, for their parenting. Lord, for the way in which they build new friendships and connect with the body of Christ here that you've called them to. And Lord, we pray together, Lord, for this ministry and for Jason's leading Lord, give us days of favor, discovering your wisdom as to how to proceed, discovering that you have gone before us and awakened hearts and summoned people to yourself and cause there to be fruitful ministry in months and in years to come. Lord, may the pivot at Lakeview Christian Center be a gospel community for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Hey, guys, please don't forget on your way out today, if, uh, if you are wanting to help serve next weekend in Braithwaite, would you please investigate the information you need so that you'll know where to be this coming week. If you forget to do that during the week, please call the church office so we can effectively serve these folks down the river.